0: Hey, welcome back everybody. It's time once again for another edition of WVU Marketing Communications today, brought to you by the good folks at West Virginia University's Marketing Communications online graduate programs, where they explore unique marcom strategies that'll help you inform, persuade, and inspire your audience, something we aspire to do today. We'll see if Amy's up to the task today. You ready? Amy Teller
1: Thank you, Paul. You're right. Today, we have a fantastic show. We're going to be discussing how to stand out in a crowded digital space by selling stories. My guest today is Senior Director of Corporate Communications for U.S. Card Division at Capital One and an alumna of WVU's Master's in Journalism program, Suki Sani. Hello, Suki, and welcome to the
2: program. How are you? I'm doing good, Amy. Thank you so much for having me. So excited for this conversation. Absolutely,
1: me too. So let me start off by telling our listeners a little bit about you and your incredible background. So Suki is an accomplished marketing and communication strategist whose career spans public, private, and nonprofit sectors. She is passionate about reframing relationships with brands and their consumers, pricing purpose, authenticity, poignancy, and connected conversation above all things. She believes that powerful storytelling is at the heart of good communication and draws on her training as a broadcast journalist to exact truths, push boundaries, and challenge the status quo. Born and raised in India, Suki brings a global perspective to her approach and thinking. And in 2019, she was recognized as a global communications leader by the Holmes Reports Global Innovator 25 list that features remarkable innovators who are spearheading movements and addressing the industry's challenges with creativity and ingenuity to make meaningful change. She was also recognized as one of the top women in PR by PR News, which celebrates trailblazers who are making an impact in the communications field. Suki, again, welcome. You have such an inspiring and beautiful background.
2: Well, thank you for the kind words. It's so amazing that my journey in the United States started with my first home, which is Morgantown, so my alma mater. And I think it has played a pretty big role in where I am today and who I am. So so super excited to be sharing part of that journey and how that's, you know, comprehended over the years as well. That's beautiful. I'm really excited to
1: hear more about your approach to storytelling. Could you start us off today by describing in your own words, what is digital
2: storytelling? Yeah, I think at the heart of storytelling is just how humans connect, right? So if you think about how you even connect with your families, your friends, every conversation, if there's a story that's a part of it that's been shared, you tend to remember that story. You might not remember the occasion, you might not remember the people in the room, but if there was a story that was told in an impactful way, you tend to relate to that. So I think at the very essence, storytelling is just the way humans connect. And what's more important these days is that we are connecting in a lot of different ways, in a lot of different channels. So it's really critical for us to be thoughtful about, you know, where are the people that you want to connect with? And a lot of them are on digital channels. So telling stories in an impactful way that creates a two-way conversation is, in my mind, was digital storytelling, but also being thoughtful about what channels you're using And then how you're using to get those stories across as well, too. And I would say, Amy, I think the underpinning of this is a two-way conversation, right? Like we, we don't live in a world where you can share something with your key audiences and don't expect them to react. They actually engage with you in a conversation through these digital channels. So I think just being very thoughtful and mindful about that as well. But in really short, I would say digital storytelling is all about connecting with people in an impactful way that just creates a two-way conversation.
1: Absolutely. It's really about the beauty and that dialogue, that back and forth dialogue that makes it so impactful. There's so much information and considering all the content that is available, how can brands identify what stories should and need to be told?
2: Yeah, I think it's a great question. And I think this is something, I don't know if there's any one brand that has found the perfect solution. And I think that is the beauty, is that it continues to evolve. Just given the changing landscape of media, the changing landscape of how people tend to consume the content that you put out. And also I think our external environment. If there was one year, I think it's this year, That's been really, really interesting in terms of how do you get through that information over to those folks. But I think for brands, a couple of things are really critical. One, you have to stay true to your DNA, right? Like really stay true to who you are as a company. And once you're staying true to your core, that story comes out in every conversation that you have with your audience as well, too. I think the other piece which has become really relevant, especially in 2020, is leveraging your employees and their voices to tell those stories as well. They're just honest, they're transparent, they are usually real people. And I think that is really critical, especially in as we start getting comfortable with the post-COVID world as well, in terms of how we communicate. And then again, you know, focusing on stories of impact, what's the larger impact that you've had in terms of the stories that you're telling, and whether it's through the work that you do through your CSR work as your brand. It could be through your products and services and the impact that it's having on people. You know, I'm currently working with Capital One and we have a lot of products that are focused on really helping people with their financial lives, right? So really being thoughtful about what are the people looking for today? What solutions do we have to offer them? But then really focusing on, are we sort of, you know, helping them in their journey of life and telling those stories as well? So in short, I would say brands just need to be very true to who they are, and true to their DNA. Second is, you know, really leverage their associates and their voices to tell the story and then focus on stories that truly show the impact.
1: Absolutely. So how do you bring your personal stories? And, you know, I find I can relate and trust people on a deeper level when they tell stories that pull their own covers and it quickly builds on this idea of trust and connection.
2: Yeah, it is so important. again, like I said, I think the environment that you're living in, brands just have to be transparent. And I think it's harder to do that because if you're not true to who you are, I think our consumers are so smart that they can actually see through that. I think the other piece around storytelling from that transparent lens is to have a continuum, right? You can't just go out and focus on an area and tell stories and then completely forget about that. So. Again, I think diversity, inclusion, and belonging is something that every brand and every company, not just in the United States, but worldwide is thinking through. And diversity doesn't come along overnight, right? That's just tied to your culture as an organization, you know, all the different impact that you're making in the society as a whole. But you have to continually tell that story. And it's almost, again, part of who you are as well, too. So I think transparency is really critical, and then it's also the mediums that you use. Some stories come really nicely to life when they are told through, as I mentioned earlier, through your own associates because they know your company really well, they know your brand really well, and they will be the true voices. But you know, oftentimes you you go and find experts who are experts in certain fields, and then they have more of that relatability with the consumers than a brand might have as well too. So I think just being very thoughtful about being transparent, being open, but doing it in a way that it actually truly creates an engagement with your key audience, which you know for many organizations, this could be B2B, could be on the B2C side, you might be talking to consumers, you might be talking to regulators, you might be talking to Wall Street. So being very thoughtful about who you're speaking to, and then making sure that You continue to stay as transparent as possible and just having a very human sort of aspect to everything that you're telling, even when you're talking numbers or even when you're talking about your products and services as well.
1: Excellent. Well, I love the point that you talk about transparency and you also emphasize the role of employees and storytelling. And I think that it's really important that the stories that the employees communicate align with the brand right? And also aligns with your target audience. So I'm so glad that you brought that up. It's such an excellent point. To kind of build off of that, what is the best way brands can measure the impact of their digital storytelling initiatives?
2: Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up because, you know, oftentimes as communicators and marketeers, I think the biggest mistake a lot of communicators especially make is we don't think about the outcomes first. We just go directly into building a strategy. So I think it's really critical to be thoughtful about, you know, what are the outcomes you want to drive? And, you know, my focus really is on the consumer PR area within communications. And it is really critical for us to be very thoughtful about and making sure that any communication strategy that we put together first has a PESO aspect to it, which is paid, earned, shared, and owned. As I mentioned earlier, your audience is in a variety of different channels and you want to be very thoughtful about, you know, making sure that you're reaching to them through all of them. Now, in some areas, you might put a lot more relevance versus the other as well. And each of these paid, earned, shared, owned have a different means of measuring impact. So for earned, for example, earned media, It's all around relationship building and being very thoughtful about, you know, which media outlets is your audience engaging with and which digital outlets are they engaging with and to make sure that you have really good and deep relationships there with those media outlets to make sure you can, you know, share the story that you want to get in the press as well. With owned media, it's really critical to be thoughtful about are you posting something on your blogs, right? What's the content, you know, and what's the format of that? How are you measuring impact in terms of is the number of views of how many people are visiting that blog? Is it how long are they staying on your blog as well too? Where is the placement of some of those executive voices that you might be leveraging or expert voices within the content as well? So I think all of those are really critical from an own perspective. When you think about paid and shared There's so many different ways to measure impact. I think paid is usually the easier one because you actually are able to get the value of the dollars that are spent in direct relationship with the impact that you see. Earned typically is the hardest. You know, we as a company, and I can give an example of what we do at Capital One, we have moved, you know, from impressions. It's been a couple of years. And I think we've really focused on thinking about, are we driving meaningful conversations with the people that we want to? We also take a look back and look at media outlets, for example, and think about where is our key audience engaging and then being very thoughtful about building relationships with five or six media outlets that are really critical for us to get the word out versus trying to go for a larger impact as well, too. So again, I think starting your entire strategy with what is the business trying to do or whoever your clients are that you're focusing on and then making sure those outcomes And if you remember, I said outcomes throughout, not outputs, because I think it's really critical to show impact. The other piece I think is communications and some marketing that's not directly tied to acquisitions is it takes time. I mean, you have to have patience to see results over a couple of years versus looking for immediate results as well too. So if your goal is to see immediate results then be very mindful of where are you telling those stories, what channels are most appropriate for that, But if you're really trying to shape a perception, that's going to take time. And then you really have to have a long-term view into that, but making sure you have the ability to shift as needed in the short term as well.
1: Fantastic. Well, to dovetail off of what you're just alluding to, Mm -hmm. in your opinion, what are the critical digital media channels that businesses should be leveraging to reach their target consumers?
2: Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. And I think it really comes down to, again, you know, are you a small family-owned business? Are you a large brand, the size of B&G or Capital One? So I think really depending on what you're looking for, A, I think it's really critical to understand, again, what do you stand for? What is your story? Second, I think it's really critical to understand what sort of channels do you already have existing that you can easily use Are any of those internal channels, because you also want to you know, engage with your associates and your employees as well too. What external facing channels do you have? Do you have, you know, your own company website and do you host content on that website as well? Is that more like an about us page or is it more around blog on relevant topics that might be really interesting to general audiences as well too? So I think it always really starts with who is your audience? Who are you about as a brand? And then what's really the information that they're looking for? and being thoughtful about that but as i mentioned earlier the peso model is really really critical and not just for communicators but i think for marketers in general to really assess the needs of their audience and then making sure you're telling those stories in all the right channels as well too and again i think you know there's so much content out there can we, as consumers including all of us right amy we are just getting bombarded with information and we have some control on what we want to choose but given where we are right now with analytics there's just a lot of information that's coming our way as well too so as a brand you need to be very thoughtful about what you're putting out in the world will that actually create a real engagement with the audience that you're trying to create and would you want to do a lot more or a lot less of that as well so i think a great example i want to share with you is Right when you know, we started working from home in early March, there was obviously COVID was the topic that was all over the news. It was top of mind for a lot of different brands, the safety of employees. So you know, we put a task force together just to make sure we were first addressing the needs of our employees to take care of them. And we leveraged every channel that we had at our disposal to get that information to them. But we quickly realized that we're also responsible for our own customers. And making sure that, you know, they had all the relevant information that they needed in case they were searching for something around COVID. Could be COVID and how it's impacted, you know, branches of our banks. It could be COVID and how that's impacting potentially people who lost their job and are unable to pay their monthly credit card payments. So really being thoughtful about what are the different questions people might have. And then quickly, we created a lot of that content in a really simple form on one of our blog channels that was externally available. To those folks as well too. So I think having the ability to again know where your audience is, know where the external environment is, and then quickly responding to that and creating the content and telling the stories is really critical.
1: That's fantastic. So informative. So it's time for a quick break. When we get back, we're gonna be talking about ways that brands can rise above the noise.
0: Okay, well, this will give you long enough just to pause and digest some of the mind-blowing stuff we're talking about here today. But there's a place you can learn more of these kinds of cutting-edge concepts. It's West Virginia University's online data marketing communications program, first graduate program of its kind in the country, focusing on strategic thinking problem-solving and informed decision-making we're trying to do here today get some informed decision-making data the data marketing communications program prepares you for a career in all these exciting new fields by learning the innovative tactics from award-winning faculty like those presented here each and every week you can learn more dmc.wvu for west virginia university.edu (laughs) dmc.wvu.edu
1: Well, welcome back. Again, we are speaking with Suki Sani, and we're going to jump right back in. Before the break, we were talking about some of the critical digital media channels that businesses could leverage to reach their target consumers. Today, as you know, consumers are bombarded with marketing messages. Suki, what tips could you offer brands to rise above the noise and avoid being ignored by consumers in an oversaturated market?
2: Yeah, earlier I had mentioned that, you know, I don't think any brand has figured out. Some tend to do it much better than the others as well. I think the, the one thing to remember is that telling stories is probably one of the most powerful means that brands have to engage with their audience. So it is really, really important, number one, to know who your audience is. If there's any investments you want to make, is really understanding the behaviors of the audience and you know where are they engaging with that information how do they take that information you know what channels are they mostly in social channels are they engaging with you on your blog so let's be very thoughtful about what their behaviors are and understanding that psychology behind that is really critical and i think the second thing is to really then understand is what are the business purposes that you're serving right so what is your own story and staying true to who you are your dna and your culture because as i mentioned before Consumers are really smart and they can see through a brand if you don't stay true to who you are as well, too. So I think just being very thoughtful about the stories, And the last thing is, you know, being very thoughtful about what stories are you telling? Is it a story of impact that shows the impact you've made on your customers' lives? Is it a story about your associates to show the culture of the organization? Because that is really helpful if you're trying to hire divorced talent. Is it a story about, you know, what changes and how the investments you're making in the society is moving people along as well, too? So understanding your audience is really critical. Staying true to who you are as a brand is going to set you apart because that's how people engage with you over time. And I think the third and the most important is really understanding what is the story that you're trying to tell? Because once you know all three of these Then is really the channel piece that comes much later in terms of then what channels do you use to reach out to them as well too. But if you can somehow figure out the first three, I think it just makes the distribution of that content a lot easier for brands as well.
1: Fantastic. So I wanted to bring up a new subject real quick. As you know, many marketing strategies employ the power of social influencers. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering what your feeling, feeling is about the impact and use of paid influencers and where do you feel influencers sit in this digital storytelling ecosystem?
2: Yeah, it's so interesting. I I loved how you asked about where did this fit into the ecosystem? And I think marketeers and PR practitioners would argue that they sit in either world. And I think at the end of the day, influencers might just be just another buzzword. I think we've always had voices that would be influential in making that connection with your key audience. So earlier in the day, we used to really hone in on experts that could be you know, a financial expert who can give you tips on how to leverage your savings. You know, then it slowly got into place because we saw the rise of social media and there was this two-way conversation that was happening in real time. And we saw a surge of these micro-influencers who had the ability to engage with their followers in such a great way that it would create not only good conversation, but they had the ability to influence their buying decisions. And then I think as brands quickly realized that, we saw just this huge influx in terms of how to leverage influencers as well. I think it's critical to have a very thoughtful influencer strategy. But again, you cannot look at influencers just in one spectrum. I think you have to look at them as expert voices. They could be, again, in a space of, let's say, lifestyle media, where they're really focusing on you know, all the different products that you're using. Or they could be influential voices from a policy perspective where, you know, the conversation is really all around what policies do we need to leverage to shape, you know, the economy and the future of this country as well, too. So I think they play a critical role where brands need to be thoughtful about is again, how important or critical they are in terms of getting the message out. Do influencers work all the time? Not really. Sometimes you can really get the message across without really having an influencer strategy. But in other places where it's really hard to break through and it is really, really noisy, sometimes having a voice that already has a deep base of engaged followers could be really critical as well too. An example I'll share with you is in my current role, You know, we work with a spectrum of influencers. We work with very niche influencers who are really focused on leveraging credit card rewards and how you know you can use those rewards to get a lot out of life especially with travel rewards we also work with credit card experts who really inform their audience about you know what could be that best credit card that they want to have then we work a lot with lifestyle and a lot of travel influencers who really share tips about what's the best way to travel and you know that scene as you know post-covid has shifted quite a bit too because not as many people are traveling so how do you quickly, you know, reward back from a travel influencer to maybe somebody who's really sharing tips about how to leverage your Airbnb rewards, for example, as well? So, being very thoughtful about where these influencers fit in and into which strategy is really critical. And do they work all the time? Not really. Do we see what's the direct impact of an influencer? Again, you know, when it's only paid, I think you can measure the impact a little bit more. But it really is around what's the end goal. And if they're really trying to build broad awareness for your brand and your products, that takes ongoing conversations, making sure there's a continuum in terms of leveraging those influencers and making sure that brands have a long-term relationship with them versus just doing a one-off campaign and hoping that could result in the outcomes that they want to drive.
1: Excellent. So this is something that you touched on briefly, Mm -hmm. but I was wondering if you could expand on your feeling about telling stories about follower and customer wins Mm -hmm. and making them the focus rather than it being all about the brand. And then how do you marry the two?
2: Yeah, it's such a great question. It's such a tough one too. You know, personally, one of the brands that I'm a big fan of, you know, at IBM, they did this whole campaign at one point where, They used a lot of their in-house experts to showcase what IBM really stood for. And it's a campaign that's always resonated with me because it's just made that connection directly. I think, again, you have to use these voices in a very transparent way where, again, you're making sure that you're focused on the integrity of the story, versus trying to push a brand out as well. I was part of a campaign a couple of years back, which was called the Purpose Project. And what we were trying to test with that was to tell the story of how travel brings about new purpose in people's life. You know, we all like to travel. Again, it sounds a little bit surreal in the world that we're living today, but you can find purpose by traveling the roads near your neighborhood that you've never traveled in, right? You can go down a path and meet new people, find different cultures, and start having that conversation as well, too. So similar to that, I think brands have to be very thoughtful about making sure that if the focus is from a customer's perspective, again, realizing and understanding what is it that they care about, what information would be helpful to them in their needs today, and then making sure that when you do focus on telling customer stories, it's about the impact that your products have made on them. And the reason I mentioned Purpose Project was, you know, we made that eight to nine month program pretty much all about stories that were tied to travel and the impact that they made. And we were very careful about not inserting the brand into that story at all. And, you know, one of the anecdotes that we saw as a result of that campaign was people were really surprised that a bank was talking about travel and they felt like they just made a whole new connection with Capital One as a result of that too. So again, I think it's, it's really, really critical to be thoughtful about where you're showcasing your brand, where you're pushing that story out. Versus focusing on the customers, we also do something really interesting internally, which is just meant for our own employee base. Is we share these wins of uh, different customers and how we've helped them, but we tell that in a way where it's sh- shared in the voice of the associate that they engage with. It's usually our call center associates, and it's really focused on you know what was the conversation all around and what was the impact that we made at the end of the day as well. So it's really human, it's everyday conversation but it's told to the lens of real customers. And I think it's really very focused on what's the impact that you made versus trying to push a product or a service as part of that as well, which I think is, is such a fine balance because you know if you're a marketer, you are held accountable for certain outcomes that you need to drive. So it's a really, really fine balance in terms of when you tell stories for awareness, when do you tell stories for actually driving business results, and when you're really telling broader stories to create a larger perception for your overall brand as well.
1: That's fantastic. Well, unfortunately, I think that is about all we have time for for today. Suki, it has truly been so inspiring and such a pleasure to have you on the show
2: today. Yeah, it's been a great conversation. Well, thank you for having me as well, too. I really enjoyed it.
1: Absolutely. So I just have one last question for you. How can our listeners contact
2: you or find you online? Absolutely. One of the best ways is to engage with folks and learn from them. So the easiest way to find me would be on LinkedIn. My profile name is Suki Sani. It's S-U-K-H-I-S-A-H-N-I. Please feel free to send me a message or ping me and I will be happy to pick up a conversation.
1: Fantastic. Thank you so much.
2: Great. Thank you.
0: You've been listening to WVU Marketing Communications Today, brought to you live from West Virginia University weekly program that sits at the intersection of data-driven decision-making and marketing practice only on the funnel radio network for at work listeners like you